0: Alright, good evening everybody. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. Praise God. How's everybody doing on a wonderful September Wednesday evening? Amen. We're going to have a great time tonight. Uh, of course, we got a good announcement for you here. Uh, Pastor Josh and Julie, well Julie, had the baby today, so we're all excited about that. Yes? Alright, they had um, my nephew Hosea, Abraham Samples, he is... I wrote it down. I am going to I don't want to screw the facts up here. Yeah. We want straight truth at this church. He was 8 pounds, 10 ounces, 20 inches long. So, good-sized little boy there, amen. And uh, healthy and happy, and so is uh, Julie and Josh. Everybody's good. So, we are just uh, giving thanks to God for another wonderful baby in the family and in the church. Amen. All right, well, let's stand up together tonight. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith. Over the United States of America. Amen. And we're going to keep believing that America is coming to Jesus. Amen. And walking by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. Give somebody a high five or a hug and you can be seated. All right, praise the Lord. All right, well, let's get into our announcements for the evening. Of course, we got a whole lot coming up with Harvest Festival. We'll get all to all that here in just a minute. I want to remind you that tomorrow night at 6.30 is the Servant Leadership Meeting. Amen. And so um, that's a great, great opportunity for you to, to, of course, get more involved in the church, helping us uh, plan and get things together. And also some great leadership teaching for your life, uh, even in your regular job and as far as your ministry responsibilities go. So if you just want to be more involved, more hooked up, helping us out with stuff, it's a great opportunity. So tomorrow night at 6.30. 30 servant leadership all right the young adults are having a barbecue on friday night yes from 7 to 9 p.m and uh, it's going to be here i guess over there at victory hall is that right okay and uh you can bring a side dish to share i think they're providing all the other stuff for it so make sure that you are here for that and uh it's uh, man we're just really uh the young adults group starting to get going really well so i'm happy about that uh, now, Harvest Fest is going to be Friday, October 28th. Let's hear it for Harvest Fest, everybody. Yeah. All right. And we have got a ton of fundraisers. So many, all right, that uh, just just pay attention to everything because, I mean, I my head is spinning. I can't keep up with all of it. Uh, but uh, the budget is $4,000 for the event, and we've got, I know, at least 1600 so far, and that's great. So we're about halfway there. That's really good news. And, um, and so it's going to be, I believe my faith is released for the biggest and best harvest fest that we have ever had yet. Who believes that God could do that in 2022? Amen. And so we want to see salvations. We want to see people actually coming into church and getting discipled and growing in the faith. And when that happens, Barstow gets better. Do you think Barstow would be a better place if there were hundreds of more disciples of Jesus Christ in the town? Amen? Come on. Yeah. And that's what we're all about, is making disciples for Jesus. And that's why we do all this. So up there on the screen, can you put that up there? Uh, This is a list of a bunch of the fundraisers. Uh, Sabrina's still got her thing going on today, amen? Pastor Katie and her mom went and got their nails dead today and uh, had, a, had a great time. Uh, and then The Krispy Kreme thing is going on, so you can sign up for that. The yard sale's coming up in a few weeks and just all this great stuff. I'll try to keep it on social media the best we can, but we, as we do all of this, always keep the end goal in mind. It's not just so that we can raise money. It's so we can... Bless people and get the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how often a man I'm in town and people come up and say, hey, you're Pastor Dave from that church. And like, are you guys doing Harvest Fest this year? And so the community knows and they realize this is a place where they can come and hear about jesus and a safe place for their kids and the ultimate goal is to get them into the house so again we can make disciples of all nations like jesus told us to amen and of course a big part of this the last announcement here is we've got to bring in candy 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 all right and um and so we've got the children's versus youth group candy challenge going on like we have so many times past so keep bringing it in so far, our largest donation has come from the state of Virginia. One of our online viewers sent in 17 large bags of candy uh, to the Walmart here in Barstow, and we got them picked up. So uh, I think that's awesome. But hey, we can't, I mean, as much as we want all the out-of-state viewers to help out, it's great if uh, we got to do our part right here too. So bring in the candy, candy, candy. And again, uh, we realize that that candy represents people. We're reaching for Jesus to change our area. Amen. All right. Well, I think that's all the announcements for now. So who knows? Oh, wait, no. Mrs. Pastor has one. So let me let her do that. And then we'll do our tithes and offering.
1: All right. Okay. So hospitality uh, team needs five meals for Josh and Julie, uh, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, or Tuesday night. So if you are able to do that, if you'd raise your hand for one of those night it doesn't matter which night, uh, Heidi, is that, Heidi's your hand up? Okay. And, uh, Pastor Katie is going to call you. Veronica. Anybody else can bring meal. What'd you say? You, yeah, I got, I got her. Okay. Two more spots. Okay. Lena. Okay. <laughs> No. Okay. Okay, Adriana, okay. Pastor Katie will call you and line up with you and decide on, you know, you can tell her the day and the food and all that kind of stuff. Thank you. All
0: right, very good. Amen. Isn't it great to have a church family to help out in uh, times like this when you have a fifth baby boy show up at your house? Amen. You know, hey, we've had all the boys, all of Josh's kids, plus our kids at the house, eight children last night. And let me tell you, that was A whole other level of excitement and wonder and spectacularness, and it was just great. So we're doing it again tonight, amen? So if you think about me at 2 a.m., say a prayer, somebody, amen. It's just wonderful, wonderful times. And then we're getting them all to school at Victorville in the morning at the crack of dawn, so fun, fun stuff, amen. All right, who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time, but if I was to be honest, I would say that you don't sound very happy tonight, and that's an issue. So let's try that again. What time is it now church? Happy time. Yeah, it's happy time. Amen. Let's go ahead and if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you are giving online, you can go to hdwc.org/giving. Let's open our Bibles tonight to Matthew chapter 6. Amen. Matthew chapter 6 in the New King James Matthew 6 and uh I'm going to be looking here at verses 19 through 21 amen and matthew 6 has a lot of good uh, information for us regarding finances and and giving on uh, how to uh, handle our finances in a godly manner but here's some really really good stuff right here straight from jesus matthew 6 verse 19 of the new king james jesus said do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth Where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. We realize, man, any treasures we lay up here on earth, money or gold or whatever, I mean, any of it could be taken from us through any number of ways. We realize that. But look at verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. If your treasures are in heaven, no thief is gonna be up there stealing your treasures because there's no thieves in heaven, amen? And no mops and no rust are gonna destroy them. Verse 21, get this, for where your treasure is, that means your resources, your finances, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we realize that, that if your heart is really in something, you have no issue at all putting your finances and resources towards it. I mean, if you're a big animal lover, that's a wonderful thing. You know, you've got no issue putting your money towards, you know, animal rescues and the Humane Society and spending lots of money on your pet because your heart's there. No, no big deal. If you love sports, you'll pay all sorts of money for for t-shirts and hats and memorabilia. And, and, and it's not an issue because it's part of your heart. Well, when the Lord has got a hold of your heart, it's no issue at all to put your treasure where your heart is. And that is in the kingdom of God. Amen. And so I know that when I tithe and obey, yeah, yes, of course, the Lord does bless us here on earth for that. We know that. But... I know that my real treasure is being stored in heaven and that cannot be taken away. And what is that treasure? Well, when I give into the kingdom of God, when I give into church and into ministries, what happens? They use those resources to preach the gospel and make disciples and those people... Go to heaven. What a treasure that is to know that there will be people in heaven that got there because you helped the gospel get preached. Amen. And you weren't afraid to put your money where your mouth is. A lot of people, they'll talk about it, but they won't really do it. And so I encourage us that as we're giving and tithing, amen, putting our resources into the kingdom of God, people are being reached with the gospel. Amen. That is being preached. And we are getting them to heaven when they receive Jesus. Somebody ought to say amen tonight. All right, let's stand up together. Let's do this. And we're going to speak some words of faith over our giving. And as after we do that, let's have some praise and worship. And we are going to get into God's word tonight to build you up on the hour of power on Wednesday night. Amen. Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
2: Our place becomes your house your place I praise becomes your house, your place. I praise becomes your house, your place. I praise becomes your house, your place. Sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise and you come in. Sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit
3: the praises
2: of your. People. You inhabit the praises of your people You inhabit the praises of your people Our place becomes your house Your place, our place your house, your place, our praise becomes Your house, your place, our praise becomes Your house, your place, oh God We sing a song and you come in Make the dance and you come in Shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in. Sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in, give you praise. You inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit the praises of... Your house, your place, our grace becomes your house, your place. God, that is who you are. You are way maker, we make a word, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't feel it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working way make
3: Father, it's so good to know you're not just the way maker, the miracle worker, and the great I am tonight while we're in church singing. When we leave here, go out to the real world. Lord, that's where we love to see you show up. We know that greater see the us as hits in the world. Father, we know that we have the hands you said to lay on the sick. We got the words you said to speak to the mountain. And, Lord, we want to thank you when we go out there and we speak and we go, lay our hands on them, then you show up every time. Because you said you would. You said to go in the name of Jesus. You said preach the gospel to everybody. You said cast out devils, lay hands on the sick. And you said that in your name you will always confirm your word with signs following. Thank you, Lord, for boldness of the people of this church thank you for boldness of the people that are watching this father we just want to thank you for the body of christ rising up in these times we live in and just like elijah lord getting out there and challenging the forces of darkness and saying if if god be god then let him show up now and we just want to thank you lord you showed up all right and lord you totally changed that nation and we wanna thank you as your people show up today and as we do what you told us to do, Lord, you're gonna show up, people are gonna know there is a God in the United States of America and he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Whoo, glory to God. i tell you what, uh, when I get up and close my eyes and pray, I don't know where I'm lovable to go. But isn't that wonderful to know that these songs we sang aren't just songs make us feel good in church? Does anybody feel good even after singing that song in church? Melinda, are we back at the funeral home again? <laughs> How many believe those songs aren't just something to make us feel good? Fine, amen. amen, they encourage us, they stir us, but we go out there to the real world i got to preach my sermon. I can't talk too much about other things, but I loved it before I was a preacher and I was a truck driver. And everywhere I went, I I drove 18-wheelers, and after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, started driving that truck, I dedicated my tractor and trailer as my chapel on wheels. I called my trailer my sanctuary. And when I backed into truck docks, When I backed into warehouses, wherever I went, as I backed in, I said, Lord, no matter what these people are like inside of here, no matter how lost they are, no matter how many demons they got in them, this truck belongs to me and you, and this is our temple. And when this truck touches that dock, it's holy. And when they cross that line off of their dock into my truck, they're stepping into your territory, and I got them. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many miracles I saw to people, how many demon-possessed people I saw step into that truck there, and their mouths and their tongues just got tangled up. They couldn't cuss, couldn't carry on. I laid hands on them. I saw bones straighten up. I saw diseases leave people, because I was out there like I preached Sunday. I was an ambassador for Christ. And I determined I determined, the Bible was true, and the greater was his in me that he was in the world. And I determined that Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20 was real. Jesus said, go to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Well, my truck went to my part of the world. I got to those places there. I I, I remember one time, oh, I got to get to this. But that came out of the prayer. I remember one time I got to this place. And this guy came out downtown Indianapolis. And his eyes were fiery red. And he had this great big skull thing hanging around on a necklace and this is for all the piercings I think it was popular man that guy had stuff poked in every place he could poke and he come out there man just I mean you could tell the guy full of demons and he come out there when I saw him come I thought glory to God oh man I've been waiting for this one and so he got out there and I greeted him immediately in the name of Jesus and what I did he couldn't talk he was mine I ended up leading him to the Lord had just a whole lot of mystery going on. And then invited he and his girlfriend to Mrs. Pastor and I's home. And we got to minister to them for a season. But the whole thing was, I could tell that guy what he had. And I knew the greater was the Jesus in me than the devil in him. And I would not let, I would not let what's on the outside of somebody like that put fear in me. Because I knew what I had on the inside. And I knew what I had on the inside would show up on the outside if I opened my mouth. So I did. I always did that. I remember one time I was at a warehouse in Indianapolis, and there was a, 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 a young girl, probably 25 years old, was coming into my truck. It was a matter of fact, it was the RCA. If you ever heard of RCA, it was their warehouse where they made eight track tapes and everything back in the day. And so she was coming in with load and unload and stuff. I kept preaching to her, preaching to her, and and she just all the time she was scratching and scratching and scratching, just scratching, maybe just something really itching her. I got to preaching to her, couldn't find out that her dad was a preacher of a certain denomination, and by talking to her, I could tell that, you know, she didn't know much about anything. And so I said, What's all this itching about? And she said, I was born with this something and she called it a disease. I said, I've been this way my whole life. And I said, Wow. I said, Can I pray for you? I said, Jesus doesn't want you to have that. And I grabbed her hand, and when I did, she tried, kind of tried to jerk away. She wasn't expecting that. What happened? And so I grabbed her hand, and I got a, just a grip on her like a vice grip, and I held on so she couldn't run. And I could tell it was a demon. I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off this child of God now, and I don't mean maybe, I mean get out of here. And then on this time, I said, Jesus, I said, is she saved? Can I pray a prayer of salvation with her? He said, no. I want her to take that back to her dad. And so we got done. And her stand there talking for a few minutes. And I noticed she wasn't scratching. And she'd been scratching ever since I saw her. And I said, I said, how come you're not scratching? She said, I'm not itching. What is the gospel? It's good news. Is it good news to somebody born with a disease to get healed? Well, that just happens in Pentecostal churches. It ought to happen out there. We're the ones supposed to go to all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And the good news to a sick person is, Jesus wants you well. And, you know, I I heard, heard somebody say this one time. And I challenge you. They said this. They said, how many blind people... God healed last year in your ministry. I thought about your ministry of reconciliation. Had nobody raised their hands. He said, well, how many did you pray for? Nobody raised their hands. I know that in my life, I've had at least, I'd say at least a half a dozen blind people healed when I used to work the streets. Amen. <laughs> hey that that was free. But I tell you, God is ready for us to start doing some things. The world out there is totally hurting. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just, I tell Mrs. Pastor, we are going to get to the Word of God. But I tell Mrs. Pastor, I said, what are these sick Americans going to do when China shuts off the prescriptions? Do you remember during the pandemic we found out that a lot of our prescriptions come straight from China? Has anybody read the news lately that China doesn't like us? Well, I tell you, Christians, it might be a good time for you to get a hold of the Word of God on healing we preach and teach all the time. Because what happens, what happens if all of a sudden your medications don't show up? Are you going to die? Are you going to live? Are you going to be shut down? Are you going to go forward? Oh well, praise the Lord. Listen. Let's get to this. But anyway, I'll tell you what. As a man of God that's walked in this for a long time, I want to see the body of Christ resurrected and do what God wants to do. Tonight we're going to be talking about your mouth. You must make your mouth do its work. You must make your mouth do its work. I want to show you a couple things. Number one, we've had these for years called Never Again. And it's confessing some things from the Word of God like things I've been talking about tonight. You lay hands on sick and they recover. You need to confess that. You cast out demons. And all the different things the Bible says about you. I'm going to teach some of these things tonight. But I remember the first time I saw one of these was Labor Day, 1980. On Labor Day, 1980, for the first time, I stepped into a Word of Faith church. And the pastor was giving these out all the time. And so over the years, for the last uh, over 42 years, I've printed these up and I've handed them out. And lots of people have. It's the Word of God. And these things will change your life. And we'll see that in the Bible tonight again. And then also another good book by Brother Kenneth Hagin. Simple little book called In Him. In Him. And you have got to know you're not just some poor old sinner saved by grace, barely trying to get along. You're the righteous of God in Christ. You've got the Holy Ghost of God in you. You've got the nature of God in you. You've got the anointing of God in you. And so this book here is full of New Testament scriptures that tell you just multitudes and multitudes of times in the New Testament, what you can do, what you can have, and who you are because you're in Him and He's in you. And so you need, you need to get that book. These Never Again cards are free. We just print those up to have them out. But tonight we're going to be talking about you must make your mouth do its work. How many's heard my mouth tonight? Was my mouth giving you faith or still in your faith? Giving you faith. Was my mouth encouraging you or discouraging you? Now, I want you to look at Philemon 6. Melinda, you got to talk to my man. You got to tell him, get in here and give me some cheering. Uh, Philemon 6. Chuck? Have you got any shout in you? Are you excited about the Word of God? Amen. Okay, Chuck. Chuck's talking. Finally, even six people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, you're excited about Jesus because you're excited about the Word. And, and, okay, she got the prize. And, and you know, I, I just want to say this, when I, when I, I've missed by the Spirit of God, now. I think you can tell that. But I said to my words encourage you or discourage you, write this verse down. It's not my notes, but write this verse down. Ephesians 429. Ephesians 429. Write that down and I'm going to tell you what it says. It says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edify. Now listen to this. The last part of the verse says, that I may minister grace to the hearers. That may minister grace to the hearers, the words out of your mouth. And so this is a real, real, real open book test, real simple, not, not a trick question. But let me ask you this. Who hears you talk the most? You do. Everywhere you go, you show up. Your mouth shows up. And he says, let no corrupt. That means not edifying. No stupid talk. Show up out of your mouth, but good talk. That may minister grace. May minister grace to the hearers. So what you say is going to determine how much of the grace of God works in your life. What you say is going to determine what kind of health you walk in. What you say is going to turn determine uh, the blessing or cursing in your relationships. What you say. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you show up. And even in your private time, when you're talking, murmuring, complaining, your ears are hearing it, going straight into your head, straight into your heart. Ephesians 4, 29. Get that one, get that one, get that one. Because that's what we're going to talk about tonight, about making your mouth do its work. Philemon 6 says this, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual or effective how how, how could your faith become most effective? by the acknowledging of how terrible the world is right now by acknowledging what a victim you are how nobody likes you everybody's against you and you can't get a break in life by acknowledging that you're just unlucky oh you're just so unlucky nobody likes you nothing ever goes right for you it says, your faith will come the most effective when you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Oh, I'm just a born loser. Wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. You know, my family's born on the other side of the tracks. Nobody ever liked us. We're the black sheep of the family. Our, our family's the lowest. Well, I don't know about you, but I was born into a new family. My family is called the family of God. Jesus Christ is my Lord. He's my master. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's my healer. He's my financier. He's my strength. He's my love. He's my all in all. You know what I just did? I just acknowledged a lot of good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. And you know what happened when I did that? If you can see a, see a gauge on the inside of me, I know when you see these batteries, they charge up. You know, you see things start charging. You'll see the colors change or something. Go from red to orange to green. It starts getting brighter and brighter. Those little gauges. When you begin to talk like that, your spirit starts going. And the power of God starts rising up in you. You start talking like that. It has nothing to do with feelings. And you know, as we were worshiping God, I was thinking about what I'm going to teach tonight. I was thinking, in Christ Jesus... It doesn't make any difference if you're a rich person or if you're a poor person. doesn't make any difference uh, if you're a black person or a white person. doesn't make any difference if you're educated or had no education. When you come in Christ Jesus, you're a child of God. The great Holy Spirit moves in you. And there's no limitations on how far you can go in life except what you determine with the words out of your mouth. As soon as you said, I can't. You prove the word of God's true. In Mark eleven twenty three, 23, Jesus said you have whatsoever you say it. As soon as you said, I can't, you couldn't. As soon as you said that costs too much, you'll never have that, you never will. As soon as you said, well, you know what's going around. Our family's going to get it. We always do. Guess what you do? You know why you do? Because you call it in. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. He said that for your faith to come effective, I'll just paraphrase it, you gotta make your mouth do its work. If your mouth cannot talk in agreement with the word of God, you gotta say, mouth, shut up. Mouth, you're not gonna hurt us today, you're not gonna hold back the blessing of God. Amen. And so anyway, it says for your faith to come effective, you gotta acknowledge every good thing. Every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus, And so, I was thinking when I wrote this down earlier this morning, it seemed like every time I preach and teach God's Word, I always end up talking about how vital it is to speak your faith in Jesus and faith in the Word of God out loud with words out of your mouth. And then I wrote this down. The reason I do is because the Bible talks about this cover to cover. From Genesis to Revelation, you can't go through a book of the Bible that God does it somehow, some way... Talk about your words, your words, your words, your words. And in the book of Genesis, when God created the heavens and the earth, what does it say God did? It says, God said, let there be light. God said, let the waters cover the earth. God said, every seed produce after its kind. God said, God said, God said. It's all about the words out of your mouth. And in, in, in the in the Hebrew, it says that God was a speaking spirit. We are created in the image of God. What lives on the inside of this suit we're in? A spirit. And where does our speaking come from? It comes from our spirit. But the thing is, we've got a soul. We've got a soul that's somehow connected with the spirit and things have to come through our soul. And so we from the spirit person on the inside have to start controlling the soul more. And don't let emotions snuff out the life of the spirit. And don't let the news snuff out the word of God. And so that means we have to be people that get so focused on the value of God's word that if we don't know what to say it's not the life of God's word then we gotta be able just to say nothing. And we gotta be able to speak what God says because we're, we created God's image. We are speaking spirits in an earth suit. And Jesus said as speaking spirits, what we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And what that says is this, like in Genesis 1.26, when God said, I give man dominion authority over all the earth, that when we bind and loose, then this speaking spirit of the inside is taking authority. Now, we don't have authority over all the earth individually, but we got authority over our part of the earth. Amen. Amen. I, the kingdom of God lives in me, Jesus said in Luke 17, 21. Well, i got notes over here. I know I do. Luke 17, 21, Jesus said, people are going to look for the kingdom of God on the outside, but behold, the kingdom of God's in you. And, you know, you think about it, if there's a kingdom, then there has to be a king. And Jesus is the king over his kingdom, but then in our realm of influence, we're supposed to be the king over our kingdom. We're supposed to be able to tell the devil, no devil, you're not bringing anything into our house. That's not the word of God. You're not bringing poverty in. You're not bringing strife in. You're not bringing rebellion in. We're not letting that stuff in our house in Jesus' name. No, no, no. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? We're, talk, we're talking about what God's Word tells us belongs to us, and so uh, I want to read this again. Seems like every time, no matter what I'm preaching on, somewhere, somehow, I always end up talking about your mouth and your words. anybody ever notice that? All the time, but I wrote down that's because the Bible talks about a cover to cover, that Christians has got to get it. Now you notice right here, he says that our faith becomes effectual when we acknowledge. That word, acknowledge. Now listen to this: acknowledge every good thing. Well, acknowledge something means to know and affirm it. You cannot acknowledge what you don't know. You know, if you're if you're being questioned by a lawyer or some, something's going on, uh, they say, uh, Robert, now here's what's going on. Will you acknowledge that? Well, if you don't know, you can't acknowledge it. They say, well, come on, now you're under oath. You have to acknowledge that if you know it. I can't acknowledge it. I don't know it. You don't acknowledge, you affirm what you do know. And so for us, you cannot, you cannot acknowledge, you cannot speak out loud words about who you are in Christ if you don't know. If you think you're just an old loser, then that's what you're going to acknowledge, that's what you're going to affirm, and guess what you're going to get in life. If you think that heart disease runs in the family, if you think Diabetes runs in the family. If you affirm and acknowledge that runs in the family, then that's what you're going to get. And we're not denying that those things exist, but we do need to deny they don't have the right to exist in us as new creatures in Christ. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, not the temple of sickness and disease. So we need to acknowledge what the Word of God says about our health. Every good thing is in Christ Jesus. Somebody said, well... Pastor, that's just the way it is. I run in my family. Well, i tell you, there's a lot of things run in my family, but I changed families. I got a new family. I got a new father. I got a new heritage. That's so how I acknowledge what my new father gave me. My new father gave me, 1 Peter 2.24, by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Well, I'm going to get healed someday. I'm not going to get healed someday. I was healed. When was you healed when I was saved? 1 Peter 2.24 says, He took my sins and He took my sickness. You can't separate them. If you're saved, He took your sins, just begin to acknowledge He took your sickness too. By acknowledging every good thing in you in Christ Jesus. So anyway... This verse tells us two things that we must do as a lifestyle. Two things we must do as a lifestyle if our faith going to be effective and get results. I don't know about you, but I learned a long time ago in my Christian walk, I don't want to just talk about how good God's Word is. I want to see God's Word get results. And I was, I was talking to some Preachers recently about church. When we came here in 2005 from where the church was to where it is now, I look at the changed lives. I look at the people that were on the bottom, they're on the top now and say, thank you Jesus, we've got some good results here. But you know what? We're not going to to camp out on what we got. We're going to keep on getting because there's a lot of people that need to know what we know. Amen. As anyway, two things as a lifestyle that we need to do if we want God's best. Number one, We must know what God has done in our spirit when we were born again. We didn't just get delivered from hell. He did a lot more than that. We did get delivered from hell. That's the most important thing to go to heaven, but he did much more. And then number two, according to this verse, we must talk about what happened. He said you must acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus if you want your faith to be effective you got you got it you got to start talking about things you can't stay silent you got to talk out loud and then we got to we, we got to talk about what happened when we received jesus as our savior and confessed him as lord and so tonight i want to look at some of the good things that are in us because christ through the holy spirit is in us amen because jesus christ through the holy spirit but anyway before i look at, before i look at these two things I want want to look at a different side of it. I want to look at why so many Christians never attain. Why so many Christians never attain to the level of victory that Jesus had planned for them. God has no special ones. God has no favorites. We're all his favorite. We are all equal in his eyes. When you're born again, you're a son or daughter of God. And some people don't just get lucky and see things happen. Some people get a hold of these things and begin to grab them and walk with them and run with them and cause things to happen. Amen. Look at James chapter 3. You need to see this. James 3, verses 2 through 6. I've really been camping out in the book of James for the last couple of months and I love it. But anyway, James 3, verse 2 through 6. And you've got to know this. You've got to know this. You've got to identify who the enemy is before you can fight the good fight of faith. And a lot of people say, well, it's the devil. Yeah, the devil's a part of it, but don't give me too much credit. There's a part of you too. That if you don't get it under control, is your worst enemy. Verse 2, James 3, verse 2, says, for in many things we offend all or cause things to... Cause, cause, Call stumbling if any man offend not in word ever talking about making your mouth do its work the same as a perfect or mature man and able also to bridle the whole body to bridle the whole body I've used this so many times when I taught healing school back in Indiana especially it says you're able to bridle your whole body if you get your mouth right how many would like to control your body Not to be sick all the time, messed up all the time. Well, he said, if you offend not, and who are you going to offend with the words? You're going to offend your spirit. Your spirit where Jesus lives knows that Jesus wants healing in your body. Your spirit knows God wants you to live long and live strong. And you cause your spirit to be offended when all you talk about sickness and disease. How bad it is and don't know what you're going to do. Your spirit knows God wants you to tithe so you live under open windows of heaven, so you rebuke the devourer. And every time you say you can't afford to, every time you speak bad words about the money, the tithe, and everything else, your spirit is offended. Your spirit's thinking, the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit tells me, tithe. But then, soul, you're telling me, no, don't tithe. I want to tithe because I'm in here, and I know that I can win. But when your words keep putting out the wrong things, it says that you're not bridling your body. And it says, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Just think about that. A great big giant horse. We've had a lot of horses. That little old piece of stuff in their mouth there, Heidi knows about the horse business. You put that little thing in their mouth, that horse obeys you. That little old thing, that big old thousand, fifteen hundred... Pound horse will do what you want it to do and control it with that. And so your your body, your mind, your life is controlled by that little thing right there called your tongue. Amen. I didn't say it, the Bible did. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithesoever the governor listeth. I don't have a big ship. I got a little boat, and I know my little propeller's about that big, but I know my little boat with that little motor, I just go like that, that little boat, that it pushes it everywhere I want it to go, but it's a little bitty old thing that controls the boat. And no matter how big the ship is, there's not very much under the water you can't see that controls that whole thing. And think about it. Compared to your body, how big is your wagon tongue? That little old thing that wags back and forth—if it's not saying the right things—that's then that's your biggest enemy. Remember Proverbs eighteen twenty one. I think Pastor Dave said that's the first verse you learned, didn't you? Oh, that was the first one you taught your kids. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death of the life's in the power of your tongue. Your tongue. Think about it. You know, you might think that there's some big part of your body muscles, brain, something somewhere. And think, man, that's the greatest thing I got. No, the greatest thing you got your tongue. Your tongue will determine your level of strength, your level of prosperity, your level of blessing. And so anyway, he says in verse 5, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire. Now, before I read the rest, let's stop and think about this. How many ever read about the spiritual armor in Ephesians chapter 6. Anybody ever like the armor of God? Shield of faith? Respirator of righteousness? And all those things? Well, do you remember the one that says the shield of faith which is all the fiery darts? The fiery darts of the enemy? Those fiery darts are thoughts the devil throws to try to get your tongue to speak them out. Amen. When those darts come, You hold the shield of faith up. I said, oh, no, devil, in the name of Jesus, I don't receive that. By his stripes I was healed, and I'm staying healed. They're going to take your car, going to throw off your lights. No, devil, I don't receive that. I'm a tither. I pay my bills. I do right. God's blessings on my family. Or whatever it is in life, or throws that at you. You know where your kid's at tonight? You know what they're doing? You know where they're hanging out. You know what they're doing. Nah, devil, I train up my child the way she should go, and when they're old, they don't depart from it. I don't write where they're doing. They're following after righteousness. Yes. It says the devil wants to set your world on fire through your tongue. Well, I tell you what, I think I struck a serious nerve. Robert, I've got to get this thing excited or I've got to crawl out of here because I tell you what, I think think I've hit it. Amen. Is this helping anybody? This this is the word of God. Let's get this thing together, guys, and start winning. Amen. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. And I'll tell you, if you're honest about your life, and you look back in life, I would have to say probably probably 99% of the problems you go back and see that's really been problems your life started with your own tongue. That somehow or another, you helped light that fire. Amen or oh me. And so now that I've looked at that part to show you what not to do, start guarding that tongue, now I want to show you How to begin to confess some good things that are in you in Christ Jesus. I want you to Second Peter chapter one, verse four. Good, but Alex, I'm glad you're still awake back there. Probably had a rough day. (laughs) Second Peter one four. And you know, I know that a lot of you love the Word of God like I do. A lot of you take the Word of God for what it means, like I do. I take it serious. When I read it, from the time I was a a, a baby Christian, because I wasn't raised in church, I didn't have any religion to get out of my head. I came from just pure Centerville. I didn't come from any other kind of church. I came from the land of sinners, become a Christian, and every time I read something in the Bible, I grabbed it. I said, That's for me. That's mine. That's who I am. So Second Peter one four talking about good things that is in Christ Jesus we're supposed to acknowledge. He says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now look at this. This is, this is gospel. You know how you tell something's gospel if it seems too good to be true. If it doesn't seem too good to be true, it's probably not the gospel because the gospel is too good to be true. It says that by these promises, the word of God, that says you might be partakers of the divine nature partakers of the divine nature. You know all the time, I, li- I like to say that as, as a new, new creations in Christ, we're going to look at that in a minute, that we now have God's DNA, God's divine nature and ability. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, we have the ability of God. And we have His nature. So we have God's divine nature. And I want to say this again, that until you know this, and begin to confess it, your faith is not going to be as strong as God wants it to be. You need to begin to confess, confess, if you will, that you're a supernatural superwoman, superman, whatever you want to call yourself. They got all these phony, goofy movies and shows they make all the time about all this stuff's weird. That's who we are. We do supernatural things because we have the divine nature of God in our spirits as born-again Christians. That's why we can lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. That's why we can take authority over storms. That's why we could, we, we 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 could, oh, just so many. I mean, you think about so many things. I gotta get back over here. But you have the divine nature of God. I don't care what color you were when you were born, how educated your family is, how poor, how wealthy your family is. You got the divine nature of God. With the divine nature of God in you, Whatever you were, you aren't anymore. And if you keep talking about who you were, you'll never be who God says you are. That's pretty good, wasn't it? I like that. And so he says, we're in of the divine nature, having what? Escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. And what that's talking about is having those wrong desires. Wrong desires. People are in trouble continually because they're lusted after the wrong things, desiring the wrong things. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Pastor Dave, I got so excited, the time flew. 2 Corinthians 5. I'll just have to go real fast, wrap this up, cut it short, and let you go home and buy the tape after I keep on preaching. We don't do tapes now, do we? <laughs> Okay, therefore, verse 17, if any man, any woman be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, but all things become new, and all things are of God. What's of God? All things, that means your divine nature. That's on the inside of you is from God. Verse 21, verse 21, for he hath made him, God made Jesus, to become sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We need to confess every good thing that's in us for our faith to be effective. Remember that? Your faith becomes effective, you confess every good thing in you. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. I always like to say what the Living Bible says about this verse, makes it easy to understand, and get a hold of this. And this will change your life forever if you really get a hold of it and begin talking about it. It says, For God took the sinless Christ and poured him our sins, then in exchange he poured God's word, God's goodness, into us. God took everything you were that was evil, bad, nasty, dirty, losing your past heritage, poured it into Jesus. It took all the good that Jesus had poured into us, and so got to wind this down but listen to this and if we have any religion in here it'll probably show its ugly head now so if that thing tries to show up and squawk through you and your head tries to go tilt 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 i don't agree with that then look at the bible and see if you agree with the bible or not so many christians hinder their faith and live what jesus could do through them because they confess a very popular now listen to this Just phrase that's popular in religious circles, but totally non-biblical. So keep a straight face now. Try to keep a straight face. Nobody know you've lived in this religion, Bill. How many have heard, well, we're all just a bunch of old sinners saved by grace. Well, how can you be a sinner and be saved? is yeah, that what you call it? Oxymoron or something? Or just a moron? No, listen to what I'm saying. We're supposed to confess every good thing it is in Christ Jesus. If you're an old sinner, you need to get saved. I'm not just an old sinner saved by grace. Here's what I say. Now listen. Now this is how you confess every good thing in your Christ Jesus. I was an old sinner, but I've been saved by grace. Amen. That's what he says right there, the righteous God in Christ. I was a sinner, but I've been saved by grace, and now I'm a new creation inside. I've got God's DNA. I have the divine nature in me. Well, God's nature is not sinner, is it? If there's anybody religious in here, I'm talking to you. Anybody religious out there watching, I'm talking to you. How can we have God's divine nature and have the nature of a sinner too? That's called schizo. And so, as we're closing right now, just get a hold of this. Be cautious of the religious sayings that you pick up on you think sound so cute. When I'm in a church service that's not my own church and somebody makes their nice religious say, well, you know... We're all just a bunch of old sinners. You know what I always say? Out of my mouth. I whisper. Nobody here except Jesus. I say, Jesus, he's talking about him. I'm not. I've been saved by grace, Jesus. I have the rights of God in Christ. That's who I am, Jesus. What am I doing? I'm acknowledging good things in me in Christ Jesus. You know what that does? My faith becomes more effective. Amen. Amen. Well, we got to close this thing down because Pastor Dave wants to go and watch those kids. Okay, Pastor Dave, I'll turn it over to you. Don't forget, bookstore, we got those books back there. Never again, cards are free, and they will really help you. You need to get them to carry them in your Bible and start confessing those things off of that from the Word of God till it gets in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. Amen. Well, you got it, Pastor
0: Dave. Amen. What a good word for us tonight, man. We need... That a reminder that there is power in our words, amen. And I'm, James three just always really speaks to me that you can light your whole world on fire with your words, or we could do uh, some healing with our words, amen. Well, let's take a few minutes here. We'll have our prayer team come up, and if you need prayer tonight for anything, uh, we want to offer that to you. We'll have Greg lead us in a little worship here as we close things out, but. If you need prayer at all, we are here for you, and we want to be in agreement that God is working in your life. Amen. So we'll take just a few minutes here.
2: That is who you are. 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 That is who you are.
0: All right, everyone, Well, we will go ahead and close things out tonight, let's give the Lord a little praise before we do that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are good and your mercy endures forever and ever. Amen. Well, I hope that you wrote some of those verses down tonight. You can certainly go back and look at that again and uh, and absolutely change your life with you'll take god's word seriously amen all right well servant leadership tomorrow night six thirty, amen come on out and it's a great chance once again for you to hook up even more and be a part of what we're doing as we make a high desert word center everything that the lord needs it to be in this final season of the world amen all right let's pray and then we will speak our barstow faith confession and we'll get you out of here all right father in jesus name we thank you lord for what we've seen in your word tonight and lord you are good your mercy endures forever and we we realize that death and life are in the power of our tongue lord and you said that those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof and that means that we will reap the consequences of our words and so lord help us to control our words in a good way and use them Lord, for healing and and prosperity and peace and every other good promise from your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you will use us this week to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Can everybody say amen? All right. Let's speak these words of faith together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed, our schools are blessed, our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you tomorrow night and see you Sunday.